ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. The Drive with Paul Swan. Welcome in. It is another edition of The Drive, the Wednesday, April 18th edition to be exact here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Also, we are live on TuneIn Radio. You can also catch us delayed on Apple Podcasts. You can also download the podcast on Stitcher Radio. You can get the podcast as well on TuneIn. Of course, we are broadcasting to you at WRVC.com. we got a lot to get into today. Coming up on the program, we're going to hear from Marshall Track Assistant Coach Caleb Bowen is joining us on the program. He is going to share his experience in the Boston Marathon. Also, we're going to hear from Marshall Offensive Line Coach Greg Atkins joining us on the program for an update on spring football. We'll take time for your phone calls at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Let's get you caught up on the news of the day. The first thing we want to talk about is uh, breaking news. We got the confirmation from verbalcommits.com that Phil Bledsoe, it's going to be transferring from the Marshall program. So this is coming from a report from verbalcommits.com. He's the second player now to leave the Thundering Herd. Now, Bledsoe only appeared in 19 games. He was 19 games of action, 36 total. And he came off the bench. He averaged um, about 8.4 minutes playing time. His average on the score chart was 3.1 points and 1.7 rebounds. He's only amassed 99 points two seasons. 97 rebounds total. 35 game appearances, 7.8 minutes. I don't know if he just feels like the writing is on the wall. He's not going to get the opportunity that he's looking for. Better situation for him. I do wish him well. And wherever he goes and whatever he decides to do with his basketball career. But I don't think that's going to be a hard person to replace, uh, as uh, I'm sure Marshall already has some players in mind. Of course, uh, the Herald Dispatch reporting that uh, there could be um, a another signing. Tavion Kinsey could be um, announcing his decision to play for Marshall and uh That's expected to happen after 6 today, I believe, when we go off the air. So that's where uh, Thundering Herd's at right now. We'll update that, of course. Now, earlier action today, the Pirates beat the Rockies, game you heard right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. They did it in outstanding fashion, 10-2. So Pirates continue doing what they're doing this season, and that's just winning a lot of ball games. Um, Cincinnati Reds are in action today as well. I uh, don't have a final on that one yet, but they're doing what they do best right now, and that's losing. Also, a little closer to home, Marshall. Kerry Parks finishing tied for 11th in the Conference USA Golf Championship. Now, uh, unfortunately, the Thundering Herd did not finish as high. Um, as far as the team standings were concerned, they were looking at maybe a, a fifth-place finish. Did not get to that standard. Instead, the best thing you can do is celebrate uh, where Kerry Parks finished, tied 11th for Conference USA's Golf Championship. Now, the Thundering Herd also make it official today that they have added uh, Princess Clemens to the women's team, so that's official today. 
Now, last night was a busy night in the National Hockey League and the NBA. The Capitals have to go to double overtime to beat the Columbus Blue Jackets 3-2. to Blue Jackets still lead that series two games to one. The Winnipeg Jets beat the Minnesota Wild 2-0. Winnipeg now leads that series 3-1. to And it was only a one-goal game. Doesn't matter. The Golden Knights, the expansion team, continues to do crazy things. They have now won their first-ever playoff series, and they have swept their first-ever playoff series as well, beating the Los Angeles Kings and winning that 4 to nothing. That's amazing. The Golden Knights are a co-favorite to win the Stanley Cup right there next to the Nashville Predators. I like this Golden Knights team. I'm rooting for them, so I'm pulling for them. Now on the ice tonight, you've got the bitter, heated rivalry between Pittsburgh and Philadelphia. Also, Tampa Bay and New Jersey tonight. Nashville's taking on Colorado, and Anaheim is taking on San Jose. NBA action last night. Toronto with the win over Washington, 130-119. to So Toronto now leading that series two games to nothing. Boston also beat Milwaukee, 120-106. to Boston leads that series two games to nothing. And New Orleans gets the win over Portland, 111-102, leading that series two games to none. Tonight, Indiana faces Cleveland. We'll have that game for you starting at 6.30 right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. You also have Utah taking on Oklahoma City. And Minnesota is taking on Houston tonight, pulling for Houston, of course, in that one. So coming up tonight on the program, we're going to talk some football with you. We're going to get a little feel for what's happening with the Thundering Herd on the spring football side of things with Greg Atkins. He's going to join us a little bit later on. And a few minutes from now, we're going to talk to Caleb Bowen. He's going to join us, share his experience in the Boston Marathon. So we're looking forward to having those two on and as well getting your phone calls in, and we'll do that in a few minutes. We'll start, of course, with Caleb when we come back from break, and then later on we'll hear from Greg Atkins, and then after that your phone calls on the program. This is The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Now, back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back. It is the Wednesday edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Still to come. We're going to hear from Marshall Offensive Line Coach Greg Atkins. Get us an update on spring football. But let's turn our attention now to running. The Boston Marathon. That is something that most of us will never do. But Marshall Track Coach, Assistant Coach Caleb Bowen has done it. And he joins us on the program now to basically tell us about all the things that happen in the marathon that most of us will never get to experience. How are you doing, Caleb? I'm doing good. How about you, man? Good, good. Thanks for joining us today. Um, I was excited to find out you were running this because that's something that uh, a lot of people maybe want to do, but not everybody's equipped or built to do it, and a lot of people maybe just don't think they can do it. So uh, it's an experience every year, I'm sure. Yeah, oh, for sure. Like, each year has a different, like, challenge uh, with weather or just the course or, you know, everything. It's, it's just a great experience in general. What made you decide you wanted to run the Boston Marathon? Was it something from your childhood or just like a goal, bucket list item? What was it? Uh, well, back when I was running for Marshall uh, for the cross-country team, I went and watched my dad run. 
I think it was uh, back in 2014, and that was a year after the Boston uh, bombing. And watching him run just invoked so many emotions in me that I was like, man, I have to do this eventually, you know. And the, after I qualified that first year back in 2016, like, you know, I was hooked from then on out. And it's just, I don't know, there's just something about it that's really special. And uh, especially when you're running down Boylston Street close to the finish line, you have thousands thousands of people cheering for you. And uh, I don't know, it's just something special about it. How'd you do as far as what you set for yourself as a goal? And you know, did you realize your own goals and expectations in running this year? Uh, well, this year I really didn't. Um, I didn't train well for it. I won't lie. Um, last year I had a lot better time. Uh, I ran 242 last year and was like 250th. Uh, this year I kind of went into it knowing that I wasn't really as in good shape. Um, I, I won't lie, I just, just got a little too busy with just coaching the track team and, uh, doing my doctorate work and, uh, pretty much everything else. They kind of put it running for myself on the back burner. Uh, so I didn't really have much, like high expectations, but I really thought I'd run, you know, close to 245 to 250. And, uh, halfway through, I found out that wasn't going to happen. <laughs> it was just one of those days where I was really cold. It was really windy and... I just I knew I wasn't feeling good, so I just tried to, you know, have the best experience that I could and get to the finish line. You get any business from your team? Was it? Do you get any business? Anybody uh, rib you a little bit uh, on your performance from the team, just uh, giving you the business? Uh, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Uh, they were all making jokes because uh, I got beat by so many people that they were just like, "Man, like you must have really hit the wall hard there at mile 15." I was like, "Oh well, yeah, I did." Um, but no, it's been good. It's been good. Uh, I, I run with them all the time and, uh, you know, that's part of our training is running together. So I get to, you know, whenever they run not so great or whenever I'm running with them and they're feeling rough, I always pour it on them and they do the same to me. So we kind of have that nice dynamic on our team. Is the marathon more of a, a personal experience for runners? Uh, there's so many participating, you know, I'm sure a lot of people go in with the aspiration of winning, but that's not really possible for the majority. So, you know, what is it that brings people back every year to the marathon is something they want to do? Uh, I think everybody, like, has a goal of being better than they were, like, the year before or the last time they ran. And that's something that even if you can't win the race, you can still be better than you were. And just that fact, you know, draws people in and gets them hooked. Um, cause you know, like you said, not everybody can win, but everybody can run faster. So, you know, you put a little bit more hard work into it and you have a smarter race plan and just things that go up from there. Now for Boston, I feel like it's just such a great goal to get, or a great thing to get in since you have to qualify for it. So a lot of people's goals are just to qualify and then other people have different goals of like, you know, running a certain time or a certain place. So, yeah, I would just say that everybody has their own goals set, and that's something that you don't have to have the goal to win. You know, you just have to have really. Have you found that since the, um, since the tragedy of the bombing that the marathons may be uh, taking on even a, a greater importance, more people are participating? Yeah, have you found that in your experience? Oh, for sure, definitely. And I think, like, the people of Boston – 
have really they, they're already all about the marathon but since then you know they treated us so well and you know we we felt like rock stars in a sense like you know the people of boston hold that marathon with such high regard and uh ever since the bombing you know they you know it, it really brought the people of boston together um you know just like every all the other sports in boston do like the celtics and the bruins and the patriots you know the, the boston marathon is just one of those uh sporting events that really you know invokes the emotions and uh, you know it's, it's almost like a celebratory to celebrate the people of boston so yeah i would, I would definitely say so Joining us on the program from Marshall Track Assistant Coach Caleb Bowen joins us. He was at the Boston Marathon, and he's not a first-timer, so he's done this now a couple of times. Take us through just the Boston Marathon you know, from start to finish. What was the experience like? What can you share from the first mile, the 10th mile, the 15th mile? You know, What can you share as far as maybe – to give people a better idea of what the marathon's all about. Okay, so uh, you know it it starts with early in the morning. You have to wake up and you have to get a uh, shuttle to the start of the race, which is in Hobbiton, Massachusetts, which is 26 miles away from Boston. And then once you get there, you have to wait around for two hours. And they have hot coffee, they have bagels, you know, pretty much everything you would want. want. And then eventually they'll call your corral or your wave over, and that's where you, like, start the race. And then once you start, um, I was in uh, wave one, corral one. So I'm right behind, like, the elite runners, which is a really cool experience, too, uh, seeing all the people I look up to. And, uh, you know, we start, and the start is on a downhill. And it goes downhill for pretty much the first 10K. So... Everybody's just, you know, sprinting forward. Um, I'm trying to hold back, actually, because I know that, you know, I went a little bit too fast last year, so I wanted to ran it in. But I still ran, like, 550 for, for pretty much the first 10K um, of the race, 550 per mile. Um, and then you go from uh, Hopkinson to Ashland, uh, which is a little small town. And then from there you go into several just small towns that have different traditions and uh different places where people cheer and all that. Um, this year, since it was so cold and rainy, you know, it's 40 degrees with torrential downpours the whole time and a 25-mile-per-hour headwind. Um, it really changed the dynamic of the race where people were trying to just draft off each other. So instead of being all spread out, everybody was in a line. Um, so really it was just like running in little groups trying to, you know, maybe – run up ahead to another different group or stay in the group you're in. Um, let's see. Then about mile 12, almost halfway, there's this uh, town called Wellesley, and there's an all-women's college there. So uh, it, they have a kind of weird but fun tradition where they have a, a thing called the Scream Tunnel, which is where both sides of the road are just covered with uh, you know these girls from all-women's college, and they scream so loud that you can hear them from a mile away. It's a really cool thing, but the, the weird tradition about it is they always you know kiss the runners as you're running by, um, if you want. So I made sure I got three of them, and uh, that really lifted my spirits a little bit. And then uh, from then on, it goes uphill through Newton, the, the town of Newton, which is a very course. And that's where uh, 
the famous heartbreak hill is mile 20 and for me it was around there where i really started to hurt bad i uh started getting tunnel vision and it was just in a really bad spot at that point so i just knew i had to get up the hill once i got up the hill i was fine but going up the hill was really really rough and then it just got colder and the rain got worse and worse and then uh you know once you get up to the top where boston college is um it's really pretty flat from then on out but you know i lost my legs at that point i was just trying to get to the finish line so at that point you just you run off the people's cheer, everybody cheering for you. That's really the only thing that got me going. Um, yeah, and then once you uh, take the right on the boil or take the left on the Boylston Street, you're finished. So, you know, for me, it was all about getting warm after the race because I was really cold, uh, really wet. And fortunately, these two, uh, I call them angels because I don't know who they were, but they, uh, they wrapped me up in a blanket and they called an Uber for me to get back to the hotel. And then eventually, I took a 20-minute shower, and that was pretty much my Boston experience right there. You wear any herd gear? Have any anything indicating that uh, you know you're repping the herd? Uh, well, I did last year. I, I wore a Marshall hat. Um, this year, I was actually part of a team called uh, the Hagerstown Cumberland Valley Athletic Club, so I, I had to wear their jersey. Um, if not, I would I would have worn a Marshall jersey, but uh, no, I, I didn't wear any Marshall gear this year. I was going to wear my my buffalo socks, but I didn't want to get them too wet because those socks, when they get wet, are not very good. I, I would have had blisters, so I just uh, I just wore running socks. But uh, I definitely rocked the Marshall gear all the way, you know, the day before walking around Boston and the day after. So I ripped the herd. Any uh, any go hers from anybody? Anybody know what you were doing or wearing? Uh, actually, yeah, yeah. Is uh, the day before when we were, whenever we were at the expo. I had several people like uh, come up to me and say they had family that lived in Huntington or they knew somebody that was in the plane crash. So it was a really cool experience just to hear all the stories from other people who, you know, complete strangers, but they knew they knew all about Marshall. Caleb Bowen's joining us. Uh, Marshall is assistant track coach, and he's sharing his experience in the Boston Marathon. So are you doing it again next year, or are you going to try to get back into it? I would love to, yeah. Uh, I need to get a probably better qualifying time. Uh, well, actually, my Marshall Marathon time will get in uh, pretty easily. But I want to I want to run faster than my PR, which is 2.36. And that's what I ran at the Marshall Marathon, not this past year, but the year before. Uh, but, yeah, definitely. Uh, it's one of my goals to run the Boston Marathon with my dad since he's the one that kind of got me started into running and you know started me into marathoning, too. You know, I'd love to share that experience with him, you know, have him run uh, along with me. Are you encouraging anyone on the on this team to, to maybe try to join you or at least get them started? Uh, yeah, but we want them to finish out their uh, careers at Marshall first because uh, marathoning is completely different from track racing and cross-country racing. You know, it's just a lot more miles and a lot more, you know, longer type workouts whereas you know for you know everything in track six miles and below so you don't really it's a dynamics a little different but yeah there's a one of our best girls holly and she's really interested in getting into marathoning after she graduates so you know i'm definitely excited to see what she can do 
Joining us on the program, Marshall assistant coach for the track team, Caleb Bowen. He's sharing his experience in the Boston Marathon. And it sounds like you had a wonderful time. And uh, did you get a chance to maybe uh, get some recruiting in? You know, you could probably, uh, you know, write a couple receipts <laughs> off. This was a recruiting visit, right? I should have. I should have. Uh, well, they do have a, a high school mile the day before the marathon. I should have uh, passed out my business card there. See, there you go. That's your goal next year. Pass out some business cards, run the marathon. Definitely should. I didn't I didn't get there in time for the for the mile this year, but next year I'll definitely have to plan that. Okay. You sport some herd gear as well. See, you'll do better with the herd gear. That's that's the that's the takeaway oh. I got from this today. Herd gear, you do yeah, better. Definitely. Oh, for sure. Every time I wear the Marshall hat, I usually run pretty well. So now, with this Boston Marathon experience, uh, something you've taken care of now and continue, want to continue to do, uh, is this going to be your only big major marathon? Are you going to try to go out for anything else, or are you pretty content with what you got now? Um, well, I think Boston will always be my favorite. But, no, I, I'd like to try a different one. Um, you know, New York uh, City Marathon is always a big one that I've wanted to do. Uh, Chicago as well. Um It'd be really cool to go to like Ireland and do the Dublin Marathon. You know, just I'm free game for anything. Um, I've even started doing some ultra races uh, last summer. Uh, I did a 40 mile race called the Highland Sky, and that was a lot of fun. Um, It was awful because 40 miles is a terribly long distance. But uh, you know, afterwards I I was signed up again. You know, I really wanted to do it. So we'll see. Um, I'm kind of open for anything, but. I think my goal right now is just to run that 40-mile race again this year and then try to run faster for the Marshall Marathon. Caleb Bowen, our guest, Marshall's assistant track coach, running the Boston Marathon. Uh, so let's just go ahead and make this a, a yearly thing. You run the marathon, we'll have you back on next year, or at least uh, you know, <laughs> sometime in between now and the marathon also. Yeah, sounds good. I'd love to be on again. Caleb, thanks for sharing your experience. Uh, Good luck uh, with the track team, and, of course, uh, let's hope that we can see you for many years to come in the Boston Marathon. Sounds good. Thank you. That's Caleb Bowen, Marshall's assistant track coach. We're going to take our next break, come back, and switch gears, talk a little football. Greg Atkins is joining us, Marshall's offensive line coach, when we continue on today's edition of The Drive right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Don't worry. Paul Swan has the wheel on The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Wednesday edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We'll take your phone calls later on at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. But we want to turn our attention now to Marshall football. And joining us on the program, we want to welcome Marshall's offensive line coach, Greg Atkins. Coach, thanks for spending some time with us this afternoon. I appreciate you having us on. So we're a few days away from everything wrapping up, and where do you see this team now uh, from when drill started to at this very moment? Yeah, How much improvement have you seen, or, or have you been pretty pleased with the way things are going? Well, you know, uh, I'll, I'll speak only about the offensive line. You know, uh, you know, obviously a new voice in the room, uh, a new way of doing things, uh, a relatively new offense. Uh, uh, I think uh, things have progressed pretty well over the, the first 10 practices. 
kind of nice though. You've got a, a lot of veterans on this team, so you you don't have really that leadership problem or issue. There's just getting everybody up to speed. Probably then's uh, the biggest uh, challenge right now. Well, we've changed some things technically that we do up front, and uh, you know, I think that's the biggest thing. I think the big thing is you know for them to get to know who I am as a football coach and how I teach and what the progression will be and and obviously me to get to know them what's their skill set what do, what do they do well what don't they do well uh, how well do they learn how well do they adapt uh, there's a lot of different things there's a lot of moving parts when you get five guys uh, uh, to uh, be on the same page and uh, work together I'm sure there's also a lot of excitement though because not necessarily is anything set in stone so if somebody's trying to improve their their lot on this team their position this is definitely an opportunity for them well i i, I think uh you know anytime there's change uh uh it sometimes it always gives uh hope or sometimes there's a different set of eyes on a skill set of a player or you know some people might think a strength of a player is one that is different than another coach uh so i think uh it's been a very competitive uh spring so far and uh we look forward to finishing uh finishing this thing out with uh three or four more good practices in the spring game uh, next saturday now with only a few practices remaining what are you trying to accomplish uh, at least in general terms as far as wrapping up the spring practice getting the most out of these few days that remain well really for them not to look that there's just a few days left uh more that uh tomorrow's another opportunity for us to get better and uh, what are you going to do today to get your mindset right and uh, uh, to be a better player than you were on Tuesday at practice? And uh, that's the mindset that we try to bring or I try to bring in the offensive line room is that uh, every day is an opportunity to get better or you're going to get worse. And hopefully you take uh, what you learn in the meeting room uh, to the field and uh, you see progression each and every day. Uh, one of the things that uh, you know I feel like this group has done uh, is when there has been a mistake, it's been correctable, and you haven't seen a lot of those same mistakes that you see, you know, practice after practice. So I commend those players upon uh, doing that so far. Um, you know, uh, you know, ten practices in, and and uh, you know, and uh, you know, not the whole offense in, and all those types of things. But uh, I commend the players on that so far. You found them. Everyone's pretty eager, ready to go. Then, as far as you know, just more of a willingness to uh, to listen to the new voice in the room. Well, yeah, I, you know, if you're any kind of competitor, uh, and hopefully you have that's the kind of kids you recruit at that position in the offensive line, uh, they want to please, and uh, and uh, that 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 group has uh, been willing to please so far. They've been willing to try new things, um, and uh, so it's uh, so far so good. Joining us on the program, Marshall's offensive line coach, Greg Atkinson. I know you can speak more to your squad and your unit than the rest of the team, but uh, as you, of course, keep an eye on the other units and as you uh, are in practice, uh, how do you feel overall about the offensive side of the ball? You know, maybe even a little bit on the defensive side as far as how this team is gelling or you know, what's exciting you the most? Uh, the way this team competes you know, in everything that we do. Uh, whether it's individual, whether it's group work, or whether it's teamwork, uh, working together, being very competitive, not combative, and uh, and a lot of a lot not a lot of jawing back and forth. This guy's going out there trying to get their job done, and 
Uh, that's what I liked about this team so far. Um, and uh, really, you know, on the line of scrimmage, uh, competing with uh, Coach Price and Coach Brown's guys uh, has been a joy. And uh, uh, there's nothing better than competing against good players that make you better. And you better bring your A game each day or you're going to get yourself embarrassed. You find that is a case sometimes with uh, with units that the you know that they're not ready to come to work. I know Marshall, you know, is a unique situation from other places, but is is that a problem at times? Well, sure. I think anytime you don't have uh, competition for your job, I think there's sometimes the complacency can be set in. Um, uh, but uh, I don't see that in this football team. I see a team that. Uh, goes out and competes uh, on a daily basis. And, uh, you know, um, you know what that relates to is a, is a good football team, uh, a team that wants to, wants to do well and wants to please and uh, wants to compete. And uh, when, they do, when they do right, uh, you tell them. And when they don't do right, you tell them. And uh, you know, being honest with kids and is, is truthfully, most kids today want honesty. They just don't want to tell you they want the honesty. And uh, – and you just got to be very blunt with kids and, and, and just tell them how it is. And, and uh, that's, the, that's the approach that uh, certainly I've taken in, in the offensive line. So from a general standpoint, uh, just kind of get your thoughts on coming back to Marshall. It's, uh, it's been a few years since uh, you've been on the field for the Thundering Herd in any capacity. So how's it been uh, getting to come back to Marshall and uh, be a part of this team once again? It's been awesome. You know, um, certainly uh, uh, several things went into my decision and coming back here, but uh, certainly when I got the phone call, I was uh, greatly appreciated uh, for them to think that I was uh, capable of uh, doing this job uh, again. And, um, you know, it was good. You know, my parents live uh, 40 miles up the road and cross lanes, and uh, that was a big big part of the reasons I came back. I mean, I'm a former player here. I've, I've bled on these fields before, and and, uh, and coached here. So it was a great opportunity. And obviously, you know, getting back to a lot of people that I know and, and uh, seen in town. And, uh, you know, I go walking every day at lunch. And, and it's amazing how many people drive by and say, uh, and I, I look and I kind of notice that person. So all that stuff's been great. Uh, but uh, I'm here to do one job, and that's, uh, that's be uh, the best offensive line coach I can be. Has it been fun being able to just uh, reconnect with uh, this program, being able to maybe uh, share your knowledge of what the program was like when you were a player? There was a lot of high-caliber winning football at that time, and you you can't necessarily teach that, or can you, uh, as far as giving that kid an idea of, hey, this is what it it feels like to be a champion. I mean, Marshall's won football, but you come from a special time of Marshall football. Well, you know, it's uh, certainly you can talk about it, but I think you have to show them. Uh, most kids today, uh, you have to show them. Uh, most kids, uh, you know, they they understand about the history. Uh, I think this team understands about history of this program. I think Coach Holiday has done a fantastic job of instilling that uh, into this program. Uh, that's important to me as an alumnus. That's important to me as a football coach here now. Um, and uh, I think you have to show them the way. You know, I have to show them and been done here before i always say if it's been done here before it can be done again uh the programs that it's never been done at those are the programs that uh you know that uh sometimes will usually struggle because it's never been done no one's ever showed them the way and uh 
certainly I'll, hopefully I'll be able to bring that as we grow. Uh, to be honest with you, I've been uh, more focused in on just this offensive line and trying to get it better uh, on a daily basis than the overall picture uh, of the program. Joining us on the program, Marshall's offensive line coach Greg Atkins as uh, spring football is uh, close to wrapping up. So what's next for you? I know the work doesn't end with the uh, last practice. Uh, I'm sure you'll be as busy as ever just with a, a different landscape now. Uh, sure. You know, uh, uh, having uh, exit meetings with our players, finishing up the spring semester uh, academically, uh, obviously recruiting. Uh, there's a lot of things. We've got camps to get ready to get uh, involved. We got our coaching clinic this Friday. Uh, so there's there's always there's never really a dull moment in a in a, a football coach's uh, life. Um, and uh, you know, buying a new house, moving people, you know, all those things. Uh, there's a lot that goes on in my short six weeks here. Yeah, but I guess the good news is the transition is a little easier since uh, this isn't your first rodeo here. I guess the, old, the more times you've moved, they, the easier they get, I guess, is, uh, is the deal. This is definitely not my first rodeo. No, you've got a moving truck already on call, right? You know, you just keep everything on standby. Yeah, but I hope it doesn't happen very uh, very much more. I can tell you that. It's just been a, it's been a, a, a goal for you to get back here. Uh, I, I mean, you know, the, the job is a great opportunity, but has this been maybe a personal goal for you to get to a point where you can get back here? Well, I, you know, certainly uh, I, I can't say that it wasn't uh, a thought in my mind over the years uh, to have an opportunity. What I always try to do is do the best job I can at the place I'm at. And if that opportunity at some other place opens that I feel is a better opportunity or better opportunity for me or my family or whatever it might be, then certainly I want to take a look at it. I never take a job thinking that uh, – you know, I'm going there to get the next job. And uh, I've never done that and never will do that. Uh, I know there's a lot of people that probably do that in, in this profession. Uh, but I've been there, done it. I've coached it at the highest level uh, in the National Football League. I've coached in the SEC. Uh, I've coached in the ACC. I've coached in the Big East, the Big 12, one uh, AA football. So uh, I've kind of been there, done that. And, uh, you know, I all I'm – all I'm worried about is what tomorrow is going to bring for this football team and can I paint the picture for the offensive line and, and hopefully as we get going, maybe for the offense, maybe more for this team, what can I bring to help us uh, win and succeed? And that's, that's, what, that's what I'm here for. Greg Atkins, our guest, Marshall's offensive line coach, spring football, uh, back at it tomorrow and then Saturday, and, you, and then you got one more week to go and then – uh, no days off for you. Back at it on every other aspect of being a coach, and um, it it sounds like uh, there's a lot to be excited for uh, this upcoming season. I know, yeah, you can't just say, "Hey, we're gonna go out and win it all," but uh, it feels like this team uh, is really a lot to be excited for. Well, I, I think there's there's optimism across the country at this time of the year uh, for your teams. Um, uh, I, this is I don't know my ninth or tenth job that I've had. Uh, what I do know is I like how this team competes. And if this team can stay healthy and you got to have some breaks and all the things that go along with the game of football, uh, I do know one thing, this team knows how to compete. And I like that part of this, this, this team right now. Greg Atkins, our guest, Marshall's offensive line coach. Greg, 
thanks for spending some time with us. Uh, looking forward to uh, the upcoming season, and uh, we hope to have you back on soon. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. It's Greg Atkins. A um, lot to be excited there for Marshall football. Uh, more spring practice taking place this week, Thursday and then Saturday, and then you got one more week after that. It all will culminate with the green-white game uh, a week from Saturday. We're going to take our next break, come back, get some of your phone calls in, 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. This is The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to the Wednesday edition. I'm your host, Paul Swan, here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. You can be a part of the program, 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Reminder, we've got basketball action for you coming up tonight. Cavaliers are in action game two of their series with Indiana. We're going to have that for you. 6.30 is going to be our airtime. Tip-off set for a little bit after 7. You can catch it right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. You think the Cavaliers are in trouble? I've heard it bantied around a little bit. Um, must win. Really? Game two, must win. I, I don't think so. It's only game one that they lost. They win tonight. It's a 1-1 series. I think we use that a little too much, a a must-win or a linchpin game, you know, whatever adjective you can come up with. I think we go down that road just a little bit too much sometime with the must-win. Now, when we get to Game 4 and it's a 3-0 series, yeah, that's a must-win. I think we can use that as must-win. And I don't know, can you say Game 3 if you're down to? I mean, tonight... Will it be a must-win for Philadelphia against the the Penguins? Is that a must-win? Do we have that? I don't know. Uh, Is Colorado and Nashville, can we throw a must-win for one of those teams yet in in hockey? Uh, I don't know. Can can we say that? Utah, Oklahoma City, is there a must-win coming out of any of those? I don't think we need to use the must-win just yet with Cleveland. But that's coming up tonight. You can listen to it again, 6.30 right here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 9.30. That was pretty fun, uh, talking a little herd football today. And again, uh, opportunity for you to see the herd. If you are a season ticket holder, you're a big green member, you get an opportunity to go out, hang out, watch a little bit of practice. You can see that tomorrow. 3 to 6, and then on Saturday, if nothing's changed, 9 to noon. And then you got one more week of that. All culminates with the green-white game on Saturday next week. So that's it. After that, you're going to have to sit and ponder what this football team's going to look like. I'm a little bit more optimistic about this team this year than I was last year. I think that's fair to say. They definitely have um, – convinced me that they've they've taken care of business they've put the ship back in the right direction yeah you're gonna have ups and downs I know this is cliche to the ninth degree but I think when they were losing a couple of years ago that was kind of a just a an aberration I don't think that we're gonna see that as um, something that's gonna happen on a regular basis if it does happen now and then but Pretty optimistic. So, um, well, hopefully we'll see you out there for the green-white game. And if not, 
We've got football uh, coming up in several months from now, so we'll definitely have baseball to keep us busy and playoff hockey until then. And, of course, the NBA as well. What are you watching more of? What's got your interest? Are, are you kind of eyeballing the, the NBA a little bit more, or are you keeping an eye on the hockey side of things? Now, I'll be honest with you. NBA, I'm going to watch a little bit of the Cleveland Cavaliers. They're our team. We're going to keep an eye on them here. But other than that, if it wasn't for the D'Antoni connection, I probably wouldn't be interested in Houston. And I'm not interested in Oklahoma City, Utah at all. So I have two connections there. Uh, In the NHL tonight, I think the most interesting game is going to be Pittsburgh and Philadelphia just because it's a blood sport there. Uh, Maybe not so much in Tampa Bay, New Jersey. I get that. Uh, Nashville, Colorado, yeah, I can see some interest there. And then if you're a West Coast fan, you've got Anaheim, San Jose. Most of you probably are not. I am a little bit, but my time's going to be definitely between the Cavs, see if they can win their must-win game two. Are we we calling them vulnerable because they lost game one? I heard that as well, that they're vulnerable right now. I don't know if they're quite vulnerable because they lost one game. Now, if they lose tonight, then I might entertain a little bit of that. Okay, there might be some problems here. But I'm not going to entertain that until game two is over. They're vulnerable. The same thing with Philadelphia coming back on Pittsburgh with that uh, with that game where they just waxed them. I wasn't going to declare them back either. Oh, Philadelphia is back in this series. Well, no. That's why you play multiple games here, just to see uh, who uh, will rise to the top on this. I don't know. I, I I think the I think the good news is those the ratings are up. People were watching a little bit more of this, keeping an eye on both. Uh, NBA obviously has got the better platform than uh, the NHL does with the uh, networks of NBC Sports. And I even saw people complaining a little bit about the Golf Channel, that hockey's on the Golf Channel. I don't know. I don't know if I would complain about that one too much because it could be worse. Your hockey could be on BN Sports. That's where your hockey could be. You could be a Marshall fan looking for a hockey game on BN. That means you ain't going to find it. You're looking for the Thundering Herd? Of course, not going to find it. It's going to be a hard time for you. And uh, everything's going to eventually move to ESPN+, Plus, which... By the way, if you're interested in that, uh, I'm understanding that they're going to be on Roku devices. I'm not sure how that's going to work for the rest of the, uh, the devices just yet, but if you're you're looking into ESPN+, Plus, which I'm thinking you should hold off, not yet on that. Wait till the content you want is there before you make that decision. Or if you've jumped in, I want to hear a report. Give me an idea of what the ESPN+, Plus has done to make your life better. That's going to do it for this edition of the show. I want to thank our guests for joining us on the program. We heard from Marshall's assistant track coach, Caleb Bowen, and then a few minutes ago we heard from Greg Atkins, who gave us an update on spring football. For our producer, Gabriel Sellers, I'm Paul Swan. This has been The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Back tomorrow to do it all over again. Don't forget you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, and if you're on Apple Podcasts, make sure to leave us a review. Good night, everyone. WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.
Huntington Sports Station.